Okay. All right, here we go. Take two. Here we go. Ready? ready? One, two. two. <laughs> on. Here we not, go. Not on three. You ready? Okay, okay. One, One two, three. three. For everyone else, this is synced. Initiating update. Transmit message. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Synced, our weekly podcast where we talk about video games, news, and everything else just about video games in general. I'm John. I'm James. I'm Ben. And real fast, I want to talk about guidebooks as our topic of the week. All right. Okay. Who still uses a guidebook nowadays? I do. Okay. I sometimes yes, do. Yes, we sometimes do. But I'm saying, how relevant are they in today's day and age? I mean, think about this. You can find any guide on the internet. It's magical, right? So then right. why are major game companies still selling guidebooks in game stores today? They're still a huge deal. And people still buy them, apparently. Okay, because I like having a physical copy in my hands. Right. I and get also, that. And also, sometimes game developers will put like little uh, asides or they'll put in-depth notes for different sections yeah, of the game. Yeah, but that's all stuff you can find online. You could read about it on an interview that they do or they post it to a news article or something. Well, sometimes they might put like behind-the-scenes stuff, you know. Sometimes there's concept art and stuff like that. Mm. Stuff that you actually would want to buy. Yeah, but for linear games, like, they sell guides for Call of Duty, Ghosts, and I don't get it. It's really? a linear story. I, I There's agree. no point to I, a guidebook. I agree with this, but for a different reason. What's your point? So, I think guidebooks that focus on multiplayer games are useless. Oh, absolutely. You so, think so? Okay, let me put it to you like this. I've got the Mass Effect 3 guidebook, just to say. Of course. Makes yes, sense. of course. And... I've got at least a quarter of it is devoted to the multiplayer section. Okay. Who cares? Well, it talks about the different classes. It talks about the different yeah. weapons. It's all the same from the game. Well, you're comparing stats and things like that. Yeah, and it's like, You've oh, got, if you want to get you know, pro levels, you know, ch- chat with your friends about strat- deep strats. Okay, you know? if yeah. you're playing it pro, you're not going to use this guidebook. Probably not. So well, Maybe you are to begin with, though. Uh, doubtful. Here's, here's my thing. And, I mean, I agree with you guys in the fact that when we say that guidebooks are kind of becoming obsolete because you can find everything online. Kind of? That's the thing, is because my favorite game of all time is Skyrim. Sure. We can, we can safely say that. Well, let's... Uh... But even, even for that game, I don't have a guidebook. You know, I just look everything up online. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't hurt that when I'm playing the video game, I'm sitting right here at my computer next to my, next to my desk, you know, so... I, I can just look everything up online, and I can see, oh, where do I want to find this weapon, or where do I find this yeah, stuff, Yeah, see, that's like that. kind of what I was going to go for there, is the fact that guidebooks are really only useful for games like that, like huge, sprawling RPGs. But even that, then, you can look stuff up online. Yeah, but, I mean, if you really, if you really want a physical version, and there's just so much, like, the prime candidates for a guidebook are Fallout... Uh, Skyrim and Mass Effect, just because of how in depth their choices can be, and I mean, there's all the different ways the story can develop. Yeah, I definitely agree it's, with. It's definitely better like, to have a guidebook for that for Mass Effect. Okay, yeah. but what about this guidebooks for the Division? That's useless. Exactly. Well, why is it useless? In that case, it's just more of a of a thing where it's like, look where to find this weapon and things like that. Yeah, kind of exactly. like Ghost Recon Wildlands nowadays. Yeah, and I mean that's what Ghost Recon. That's what the Call of Duty Ghosts 
uh, guidebook would be like. It's just pointing out all the collectibles, and it's like, ooh, then you'll walk down this hallway, make sure to take cover behind this one barrel. I can figure that out in the game. Yeah, for real. So, I mean, if for collectibles and other, like, tiny things like that, find your guidebook online. But if you're looking for, if you have a more in-depth game, and you feel you really want like that feel of the book in your hands, and I don't know, maybe you just don't trust the internet. Okay, but but before we move on, there's one more thing about guidebooks that I want to talk about, yeah. uh-huh. and that's Nintendo's business practices mm. regarding guidebooks. Yes, <laughs> specifically what? Specifically the Pokemon franchise. Indeed. Okay. Okay. I'm a big big Pokemon fan. I think we all are. We can all We've say that. Been playing it for years, right? Right. Sure. Ever since the Nintendo DS, it, they might have been doing it earlier. But no, they I, were doing it earlier. Well, I mean, I certainly wasn't following this practice, but I noticed it on the Nintendo DS, and it still continues today, mm-hmm. even recently with the brand new game. They will release the original or the first guidebook, and it is an actual guide. It takes you straight through the whole game, all the way up through the league. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, after you defeat the league, it has a little bit of bonus content, and then it mostly focuses on breeding and different battle tactics, which is crazy in depth. So. In that regard, I think that's fine for multiplayer specs. Mm -hmm. Sure. But it doesn't have any of the Pokedex at all. Yeah. And it doesn't have any of the post-game guide because there is now an entire episode, episodic series that are added on to the end of the games after the league. Right. So what boggles my mind is that they released this guide, the guide that people who have played through the game the, the people who would want this guide the most, right? They would usually buy the game pretty early. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to have casual players. Once they beat the league, most people are going to go, that's it, I'm done. You know, if, I did it. If they mm-hmm. get there. If they even get that far. So your primary audience has already finished the game when the g- new guide that covers post-game and has the Pokedex is released four, three or four months later. That's stupid. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get well, it. Well, I, I think I have an answer to that. And it's because, at least this is just my personal thinking, is that when you have a game like Pokemon, and like you said, some people don't even make it all the way to the Pokemon League, right? Mm-hmm. They play the game, and they play the game, and it's just it's so long, and there's so much to do, and they kind of get burnt out on it. And then, you know, however long down the road it is, like six months or something, or maybe even longer, they see that, oh, Nintendo has just released the full Pokedex like numbers one through what are we up to now 700 uh 800 800 ish numbers one through 800 whatever and and then there's post-game stuff and they go oh i never finished that game i should go back and play it some more and then they buy the guide to help them go back through it yeah but here's the problem with that first of all the guide and any guidebook nowadays is still being sold for like Anywhere between twenty to thirty dollars. Oh yeah, it'll Sometimes set you back. 40. It's it's about the price of half a game. And yeah. point two, Nintendo specifically with this last Pokedex that they released physically, did not include all the Pokemon. What? What? It's only for the current gen. Oh my generation goodness. of Pokemon in there. Why? That's awful. So you know what? It's, I don't it only understand. Covers, so, I mean, it only covers what's in Sun and Moon, the current game that's out right now. Yeah, but. They've now supported the capability of bringing in all available Pokemon from the past g- games. I guarantee you anything. 
that they're going to release another book um, later down the road. Oh yeah, yes, that's of all of them. It's just a money grubbing tactic, yeah. and I have no respect for it. It's so infuriating. But let me and ask you: we, we bought. The yeah, book let me anyway. let me ask you: we this. still buy the dumb are we still book because I buy still it? like the if, game. If they release one that has all the Pokemon in it, are we still going to buy it? Mm, I don't know. Probably not, unless they updated a lot of stuff. Because I have. If the it's like version. if it's like fifteen dollars, <laughs> are you going to buy it? If it's fifteen dollars, no. No, I'd probably wait till it's like ten. Really, ten Maybe. or five? Yeah. Okay. And then there's also the practice of selling hardback guidebooks, which is which is also ridiculous. that go for thirty dollars? No, more than thirty or forty. They go for forty. Even. Sometimes sixty. It depending That's, on the, depends what? on what the game is. Skyrim. Skyrim, Skyrim will go hardback that goes for sixty. If I, you buy it, GameStop. Which I know. I, I picked things at GameStop. I picked up the uh, the Mass Effect three guidebook when it came out first. I picked up the collector's edition, which is a hard book for sixty. Wow. Which was a ripoff, but. That's another story. I mean, that's that's a whole other game right there, Ben. <laughs> it absolutely is. Good I think you're Greek. a little obsessed with Mass Effect or something. I think I really like Mass Effect. Yeah? All right. I, I just wanted to bring that up and see if there was any discussion that should be had about the value of a guidebook. Yeah, sounds I, good. I think there is still a little bit of value in it and simply the collector's value. Mm. Some people do still prefer to have a physical well, medium. Yeah. I'd say as long as digital. they as long as they add something more than just the base information and of course if it's for a game that requires you know, some in-depth reading. Yeah. Just to make sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and I feel like there's a like what you were saying Ben, there's a little bit of pride when you look up at your bookshelf and you've got, you know, like uh, a may- bunch of for some people, maybe not for some other shelf, people, you know. Some people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, at least for me. Anyway, that's enough for the topic of the week. So now let's move on to a system update. Okay, first things first. Let's talk more about Pokemon, shall we? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, real fast, Game Freak just posted a job list, a series of job listings available through a bunch of third-party websites. Uh, it's a new job ad that reveals they are hiring temporary employees to work on a globally popular RPG whose platform will be console. Cool. That's it. It's as vague as that. It just They don't state the title, but they say it is an RPG game that is popular on a global scale that just about everyone knows. Now, what do you think it's going to be? Okay. So it's Pokemon. For, just for me... You know, there's no real question about what kind of game it is. I mean, they could be pulling pulling our legs and real, saying, like, oh, fast. it's Final Fantasy or something. I, I think or, we should clarify the fact that Game Freak has not done anything beyond Pokemon games. That's all they've done. Really? So the fact okay. that they're being this vague about something is kind of stupid. Yeah. Oh, well, they're just, you'll never guess what our new game they're is. They're just having fun. But my biggest question is, and I'm looking at the article on your computer here, James, and it says that... Uh, they're hiring a temporary employees to work on a globally popular RPG whose platform will be quote unquote console. What's so that's supposed to mean. So that that could mean, you know, could it mean Xbox or PS4 or what I'm thinking it most likely is is the Nintendo Switch. That makes because sense. the Nintendo Switch is not a handheld. Well, that's the like thing because the they actually have or the whatever. They, well, they actually before. have. Nintendo has announced that there will be a Pokemon game coming out for the Nintendo Switch within they claim six months of the launch of the console. Hey, there you go. And they say it's going to be called Pokemon Stars. No other information has been released about it. So interesting. So I seriously doubt this is what Game Freak is hiring for if they want to push something out in six months. 
I would doubt that yeah. too. Yeah. So well, here's hoping. Here's hoping for another game like uh, Colosseum. Yes. Or Shadows or Gale or XD Gale of, of Darkness. Darkness. Yes. Weird, weird names. It's got they got weird names, but I love them. Yeah. They're both GameCube games. That I like were watching you play them long too. ago. I don't even like playing them. I just like watching you. It's literally just Pokemon with an RPG menu. On, on the a, console. On a console. Yeah. Wow. On, on GameCube. I like it. I love it. Yeah, Man. too bad the game it was Throwback. on the GameCube, which we had we had the the XD Gale of Darkness game. Oh, we still do. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it had the little cover on it. No, you we know, still do. It's a, it's sitting still, in yeah, his room. Still got it. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. But talking about Pokemon, I think Ben wants to talk about another favorite game of his. Yeah. That may have hit the news recently. You know what I mean here? I I do know what you mean. News that is not good, I hear. Mm, oh no. Yeah, or or rather, it is troublesome news and for a game be, that he would very much like. I don't would, care how much you guys trash talk it. I still love the game. That We're, would be Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh my gosh! I am <laughs> so very excited for That's this weird. game. As of That's this recording, weird. Mass Effect Andromeda will come out tomorrow. So on Ben the, is on the twenty first. On the twenty first, and I yeah. am so excited for it. Now, if you have seen any footage of it on YouTube or anything like that, because EA released an early access copy of it through their EA Access uh, on the PC, there is so they let you play like six yeah. hours of the campaign. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people have noticed something very, very interesting. And that is that the animations the, are garbage. They're very, very stilted and robotic and very synthetic looking. It looks so bad. Now, here's the thing is, and James, you and I were talking about this earlier, but, you know, the animations for the Mass Effect games, they've not been crazy good. No. At times they have looked, you know, kind of kind of rough and strange and But that gives it robotic. character. Yeah. But here's here's my thinking is that because they were on older consoles, I you know, I haven't seen you play the Mass Effect games on the new Xbox One. Ooh, that's another story. So I'll, 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 I've only I'll seen, save it for after this. Yeah, that's fine. I've only seen you play on the 360. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen there, I, you know, it's not exactly the most polished, and it's kind of gritty and dirty looking. Oh. So the character mm-hmm. animations, you you can't really notice them too much. Well. Whereas in this, it's like everything is in 4K or 1040 or HD. You know, it's trying to be the crispest looking thing in the world if that's a word yeah uh but it looks like it's synthetic oh absolutely know, glossy uh, it's it's glossy it, it's what too it is. polished yeah too polished which is surprising i didn't know this was a thing we could actually classify it as i mean at one point the female character if you look the, look up this footage online it's hilarious to watch but the female character literally smiles. She has this little smirk all like, the time. There's at one point where she's in what seems to be a bad guy's uh, lair, and the bad guy has a gun to her, and she's she's supposed to be scared, but she's got this little smirk to her face. Yeah, and it's just like and she's uh, trying to talk down the situation. And it's like you think you're real tough. Ugh, it's just uh. it feels awkward. It doesn't feel right. Absolutely. And the other thing is, there's been a lot of talks about. Oh, well, maybe they'll fix it in the day one patch or something like that. Too bad, because the day one patch has already been released and included with the digital release. Yeah. So it's already done and ready to ship out, and it's being released day one, and it does not fix the animations. Yeah, it still looks 
Still looks very robotic. No, I'm sure they're going to address it in the future. Now They'll ben, probably try to do something. Ben, you've been a little quiet over there. What uh, what are your thoughts on this? I still like it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of people have been reporting a lot of these weird animations, but they've only been at the beginning of the game. And as time has gone on, I have, I've only seen so many clips. And they're all in the same mm-hmm. locations, more or less. Yeah. And as time goes on, people seem to be adjusting to the kind of odd faces. And maybe they get better, maybe they don't. And also, a lot of times, your character, at least when you play, he wears a helmet. So Sometimes. So maybe that might come into it, and you might not notice it as much. Or maybe as you play on, you won't notice it as much. I mean, You're also bi- looking at the back of the character's true Yeah, face I mean, Bioware has never been able to do faces, real, realistic conversations very well i mean they can write great characters and great dialogue but they can't animate it very convincingly half the time yeah you gotta mocap it Uh, yeah they have uh, love mass effect 3 he just played through again and it it cycles through these animations that the characters do with their bodies oh yeah some of them are idiotic like like they kind of stand to the side they might kind of cross their their arms arms. (laughs) they may then they'll walk away from the conversation and then come back which like at some too. points makes no sense. That's totally normal. <laughs> you guys just turn your back and walk away to emphasize your point, don't you? Yeah, sure. Yes. I. Yeah. No. Oh. I I don't do that. That's stupid. Anyway, there you go. That's Mass Effect Andromeda news. Hopefully, they will release a patch yes. in okay. in the coming weeks. I would I would I would hope. Im- I would imagine at least in the next week, maybe two, we'll I w- get a patch to correct some of the stuff. I hope that it wouldn't be just something where they say, like, well, we'll get around to it, you know, and five months later it still looks like terrible stuff. But, and you have you have them, like, releasing DLC, like, oh, look at this DLC. No, I don't want to play a game that... Bioware has shown like that this. it's willing to work with its fans. It's yeah. actually responded to feedback. So going back to Mass Effect 3, when the game came out, mm-hmm. the ending was very poorly received. And it's still... Yeah, all your choices... Still poorly received. All your choices lead up to three different endings. Now they All didn't the thousands of decisions you've made. Make that just, influence the game in so many different ways. Like, there are so many different variations of how the game plays out in the meat of it. In Acts 1 and 2 and in, even into 3. But then it comes right down to good, bad, middle of the road. Okay. They didn't straight up change the ending, but they did address a lot of fan concerns with why is it doing this? Can you please explain what's going on? Can you please go into more depth about what happens afterwards and so on and so forth? So they are willing to work with the fans. So I sincerely hope that they take all the criticisms they've seen in the past week from the early release of Mass Effect Andromeda and just start working on a fix for it. Because yeah. this is a great game. It's a great game series, and it needs it needs to have another good game. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, at the end of Mass Effect Andromeda, you won't have a red uh, choice, a blue choice, and, and a, a green, green choice. choice. We're really going to keep going back to this. Yes, we are. We are, because they chose to end their trilogy oh, on that. Okay, okay. Let's move off of Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm I done agree. with you, you guys so. beating me up. I, I am done beating you up as well. Thank I'm you. I'm done talking about a period. Also, thank you. Until tomorrow. Yes, until tomorrow. <laughs> but we na- get to see it. But now it's time to move over to some DLC news. Uh, this just in, I think, there's some DLC for Rock Band 4. 
Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, like they try to I mean they do that all the time. They do a lot of song they release songs constantly. Uh Uh-huh. So they release they're releasing a bunch of like sixty new songs with this major update because they're releasing uh, a VR version of the game on the cons- on the PC. Oh, man. Which is pretty interesting. VR. You gotta Ooh, love it. I'm but excited. We'll get to that later. Beyond that, <laughs> they're releasing 60 songs and they're releasing some tie-in content for Mass Effect Andromeda. Hey, we which, were done talking about this. <laughs> nope, I'm not done just yet because they're releasing a guitar which is shaped like the ship from the main ship in Andromeda. Okay. And they released a bass that's uh, in the shape of the ship from Mass Effect 3. And, of course, your character can wear a full set of N7 armor, which is the armor that's used in Mass Effect. Now, going back to what you said earlier, you said 60 songs, as in 6-0? Yes, Not 60. one six. And guess what one of them is? What? Danger Zone. Ooh, I like it. Kenny Loggins. Oh. And what better thing to pair it up with than Archer? From the series Archer. From the FX series. FXX series, yes. Oh, why? <laughs> so they released Archer as a downloadable character. <laughs> makes why? no sense. As I understand it, they had to create a whole cell shading uh, unit just for that character. Why? To, make, to bring his comic book look into That's the game. That's funny. No one stopped to ask if we could do this, but rather, should we do this? Yeah. I don't think we should. I don't think they should have either. I've got some Titanfall 2 DLC news. Ooh, um, Titanfall 2. So just a couple days ago... The developing team behind Titanfall 2 announced that new DLC was coming out, but they haven't given a lot of given a lot of details about it. Here, I'll read you a quote of what they said. They said, right now we're focused on the long-term future of Titanfall and we're excited about it. The core Titanfall team is working away on lots of cool stuff, whether that will be DLC for Titanfall 2, action blocks and prototypes for future Titanfall projects, or other crazy science experiments. We're just getting started and we can't wait to take you, our community, along for this ride. So... That's kind of a PR. So they're saying we're making DLC, not we have DLC. Yeah. So it's Why? kind of weird. I think I think though that they they have made DLC or are working on it currently or are, are about to release it soon within within March. That's still a weird because, statement to make because there's a full update regarding the March DLC. Uh, well, okay. So there's an article that will be published on the 23rd regarding March DLC. Fantastic. So, you know, this DLC could look like... It's an update. It's an announcement about an announcement we're about to make. It's like a teaser to a trailer. It's like, why? (laughs) But anyway, anyway, uh, you have new Titans, some store items and things like that. So that's that's exciting. I, I like it when these multiplayer games that are just basically uh call of duty but multiplayer so you're fighting with teams and things like that and you're just running around maps i like it when they release more than just maps absolutely because it's nice to have more content than just because call of duty call of duty is notorious for this Mm -hmm. they're like they say oh we've got dlc coming and then what do they release they release four maps and one gun no no no. they used to not ever release guns and then it was a huge deal we finally released a gun and that gun was and the gun was overpowered overpowered. i loved it it was so so much fun so it's very much a pay to win system (laughs) anyway that's besides the point so yeah it's good to hear that they're going to be releasing more than just maps because lord knows we need more maps so you know we'll have some more titans to play around with some more absolutely uh, i love titanfall 2 and i love having more titans more variety i'm all for this titanfall 1 didn't have enough variety i say we give more 
more, more, more. Absolutely. Titanfall 1 was a good game, and then Titanfall 2 came along and improved upon it. Absolutely. So as long as they can keep improving upon their improvements, Mm -hmm. we'll have some good games. I think that's all the digital... So is there any other DLC? Okay, I've got one more thing. All right, here we go. So there's a game called Kerbal Space Program. Very fun. Very very fun game. So for those of you unfamiliar, Kerbal Space Program originally launched on the PC and has been ported over to the Xbox One. I actually didn't know it was on console. Is it only on Xbox One? I yeah, I think so. so. I, I think they're to, working on getting it on the PS4. I need to get it then. So it's actually a really, really fun simulator game for space programs. Uh, and in the game, you can actually create your own rocket mm-hmm. and then try and work out all of the physics and logistics behind it because it has a lot of math involved. Yeah, so it's you, hard to be a rocket scientist, apparently. You actually can be a literal rocket scientist and then go off and uh, you can orbit around the planet you can go do deep space missions you can go mine other planets you can try colonizing it's actually really in depth and it's a very moddable game as well the game has had a lot of different updates throughout uh its release cycle just yeah, updating lot, just updating, updating like, just, bugs and just, things like yeah, that just, well just updating the base game and so they've improved mechanics they've added a couple of pieces uh different rocket struts and whatnot but now they're releasing their first actual dlc Wait, what? Their own separate content. But hold on a second. The game the game was released in 2011. I yeah. know. It's an old game. It's an old game, but it's still great. And they're just now releasing their first DLC? Yeah. This is just crazy. It doesn't yeah. even have DLC. It usually just updates the base game. Uh-huh. Yeah, or they just release mods. Right. Like all the, now, the modding community just release exactly. content through mods. It's and like, there are a lot of really great mods out there for the game. Sure. So the game is... Uh, the developers have said that they will be releasing this free... Since they originally made a promise way back in 2013 that all additions to the game would be free Mm -hmm. and that they would never really do anything kind of DLC worthy. Yeah. It would just be revisions and updates and add-ons. Oh, except for now. Except for now. Four years later. So the DLC has two major features. It has what they're calling the Making History expansion and the Mission Builder uh, pack. Okay. So in the Making History expansion, you can actually play missions and stories based on the original Russian and American space programs. Very cool. Using different pieces and modules and circumstances that they all faced during the actual events. So then huh. in, in the American one, do you play as the rocket scientists who figure out that they can't make it to the moon and then they fake it? <laughs> just kidding you're gonna get this just podcast kidding. shut down no just kidding the moon landing was very real very real <laughs> uh, anyway and then also in the mission builder pack and i like this this is way more exciting for me yeah you can create your own missions and upload upload them online for everyone else to play oh very cool so similar to what gta online gta 5 did with, with their the online race packs with and the, things like that where you can build races and share them yeah. right so very similar to that, only far more in depth. So can you recreate the Apollo thirteen launch? Yes, I would love. That's to do interesting. That. Ooh, get Tom Hanks so you, in there. Yeah, get Tom Hanks. Get a uh, what's his name? Launch would, him to the moon. He was in Forrest Gump with him too. He didn't have the legs. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the actor's name. That's bad. He's Lieutenant Dan. I know that. But anyway, so Just so get in Lieutenant that case, Dan in there. In that case, do you put them in a shuttle and then you go up and then you have to problem solve? Because that'd be cool. Yes, you have to do that, John. Maybe maybe you don't. You I can don't make that mission. That'd be interesting. Well, that's all I've got, though. 
All right. All right, then. I think then with that, you've all been synchronized. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And if you want to help us pick next week's topic of the week, just go to our website and follow the directions. Wait. We don't have a website. Yes, we do. No, John, we don't have no, a website. We have a website. website is no, yeah, there we is do. no website. John, it's all right. No, hold on I don't know There's no website. We'll see you don't next week. Link data disconnect initiated.